We thank him for what he is, who he is, and not just for what he do, does for us. For if he didn't do anything, he's still God. And he is worthy to be praised. We were asking the Lord again what he wanted to say, and we were teasing last night. And I said, well, I would love to get up here and talk to you about what's going on. I would love to get you to tell you about these, these, these issues that, uh, uh, that, that seem to be taking over the airways. And I would love to tell you don't be mesmerized by them. And please, I just want to drop this on you. It's not about a flag. Please know that. Mm -hmm. Just know that. And I'd love to be able to sit there and talk to you about how the, the, the uh, transgender educational agenda is being put in your school systems. I would love to be able to sit there and talk to you about that for an hour and how they, if we're worried about a flag, we're, we're in trouble. And, uh, and, but God said, nope, that's not what I asked you to talk about. He said, my people need to be prepared for this battle. And there's a battle coming. And because if you can't see the battle taking place, if you can't see the sides setting up, then we are in bad trouble because it is here. I mean, it is here with such unabated uh, 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 aggression that if you can't see it, something's wrong. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Every principle and foundation of God is being questioned. Every principle of God is being uh, taken off the books in the eyes of the state. What are we going to do about that? We are fighting a battle against something that is bigger and stronger than our physical human existence can resist. But we have a God, don't we? And I want to introduce you to this concept this morning by God's grace. This is not the first time this has happened. And we thank God that he fixed it the first time and he's about to fix it the second time. Go to the book of Matthew if you would. Matthew chapter 24. This is not the first time, but we have this great book, this great history book called the Bible, and it teaches us that God fixed it the first time. He's going to fix it the second time. And he said in, in Matthew chapter 24, if we would, let's turn to verse 37. Matthew 24, verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of what? the Son of Man be. Oh, we ought to be excited now, because we know what he did the first time. It got so wicked, God took care of it. Guess what? It's getting so wicked, God's about to take care of it. See, God is a great, he's a great practical God. God says, you know what? Even I can't do anything with that, except this one thing. I'm about to fix this. See, God is growing weary of what man is doing on this earth and how we're treating one another and how we're serving another God. He's growing weary of it, and he's about to go ahead and fix this thing. And we ought to say amen and hallelujah, because God is about to come now and fix this. Amen? But he said as in the days of Noah. So let's go back and see what he's talking about. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to be, just read verse 5. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And it wasn't the actual activity. It was something else that took place. Look at this. Genesis 6, 5. Everybody there? It says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Okay, so we can see that today, right? Mm -hmm. The wickedness of man. See, it's not just bad stuff happening. There's a, 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 a spirit of wickedness. And he said, And then every imagination. How many? Every imagination or things that were in their minds of the thoughts of their heart was only evil, how long? Continually. Now, keep that in mind. Only evil continually. The thoughts and the imaginations in their hearts were evil continually. Now, keep that in mind as we go through it. They were evil continually, even though they might have been doing things that looked good. Only evil continuously. Now, this is the reason why, and, and, and I want you, uh, this is the, the, actually the name of this particular uh, session this, uh, this day. Uh, if you go to Ecclesiastes 8.11, it 
He said, only evil continually. He said, as in the days of Noah, it shall surely be in these last days. In these last days, we see that it is evil continually. It is great wickedness in the land. And wickedness is the practice of ungodly activity. And not only practicing them, they are, they are they're promoted, but they are actually being anti-Christ in the way they're doing it. So you can do stuff and don't say anything. But they're doing stuff and accusing those who follow God of all manner of foolishness. They're saying we're not a loving people. They're saying that our God is not love, that they don't want to serve a God that would hate these people. God never said he hated anybody, did he? We never said we hated anybody. God says, I love the sinner, but I'm going to judge the sin. Amen? And so once God has defined what sin is, and man says that's not sin, we have a problem. Or do we? There's a problem. They have a problem with us. Because we read today, don't let anything get between you and the command of God. Amen? But Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 11, it reads, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore... The heart of the sons of men is what? Fully set in them to do evil. Fully set. And that's the word he woke us up with this morning. We need to be fully set. Because we're fighting a people who are fully set to do what? Evil. He said we are, we are up against is a system designed by Satan and implemented by people that are fully set not to follow God. It doesn't matter what God says, they are not going to follow it. That's how evil it has become now. If God said, be kind to your mother, we ain't going to be kind. We're going to rebel. You ever meet people like that? Now you have a whole system like that. No matter what God says, they are going to rebel. That's why they are so adamant about taking the word of God and saying, no, we are not going to do that. We're in trouble. Are we fully set to do good is the question this morning. They're fully set to do evil. Their mind is only evil. How long? Continually. Are we fully set to do good? Are we fully set to do good continually? God wants to know that this morning. He said, if we're not, we're going to lose because you got a dedicated people that are anti-Christ. Where is the dedicated Christ people? When we stand here and say we're going to do this, and then when it gets a little uncomfortable, we go the other way. That's not fully set. That's not fully set. Go to Proverbs 23, if you would. There's a principle found in 23, 23rd chapter of Proverbs and 6 and 7. 23rd, 6 and 7. We must understand our heart must be fully set. Their heart is fully set. They're going to do what they want to do. They said, we will not follow God. We will not hear of thus saith the Lord. Matter of fact, we're going to attack anybody who says thus saith the Lord. Are you willing to say thus saith the Lord? Or are we going to be a weak people? Are we going to fold when they rise up against us. What are we going to do? Proverbs chapter 23. Let's read verses 6 and 7. He said, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainties. For as he what? Thinketh in his heart, so is he. Remember that. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, we just read that their heart is only evil, how? Continually. He said they are fully set in their heart to do evil. So if their heart is evil, so is he. It doesn't matter how many dainties he puts out, right? Matter of fact, he said that, he said, eat and drink, saith he to thee, but what? His heart is not with thee. Never forget that when you are kowtowing and having your hand out for certain things that this evil system is giving you. It'll be easier, won't it? Well, I guess we'll just go along with it. How are we going to go along with it and say we're fully set to do right? 
but their heart is fully set to do evil. He said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Is that true? Amen. Now look at this. Let's go to Mark chapter 7. We're not going to be long today. He just said, we got to be fully set in our minds and know that we're following a, uh, we're fighting against a system that is fully set to do evil. Now if you're fully set to do e evil, everything you do is what? Evil. Doesn't matter what it looks like. It has an evil motive. God really is involved in motives. It's what's in the heart that he looks at. It doesn't matter if you fed a thousand. If your motive was wrong, it's not godly. Can we say amen to that? Another reason we can say amen to that is God says, there'll come a time when people will come and say, didn't I feed the hungry? Didn't I clothe the naked? Didn't I cast out devils in your name? And what is Jesus going to say? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Motives is what God is looking for. He's looking for what's in your heart. He's looking for what's in their heart. And are we going to stand with a fully convicted heart to do the will of God? Amen. We're going to Mark, Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Let's start at verse 6. Christ was talking to the church as he often did. You can tell who Christ was talking to by the tone of voice that he was using. He was very nice and, and calm and, and, and loving and gentle with the sheep. But when he came to the church, he didn't mince his words, did he? He said, verse, uh, chapter 7 of Mark, verse 6, he said, He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you. And what did he call them? Hypocrites. As it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They proved that, didn't they? They had the church services, right? They had the church organization. They had the Sabbath day. They had all of the other holy convocations, but their heart was not with God. So it didn't matter what they did. And Christ called them hypocrites. He said, how be it in vain do they worship me? What's vain mean? For naught. He said, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. And this is what happens when you start doing things without the heart that's fully convicted to do the will of God. You'll start developing commandments. You'll start developing doctrines in your life. You'll start developing practices that have nothing to do with the Lord, but you put the Lord's name on it because your heart is far from it. How be it in vain that he worship me, teaching the doctrines for doctrine, the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandments of God, that may, you may keep what? Your own tradition. See, there was nothing wrong with washing cups. So washing cups weren't the issue. Remember, he had another conversation with him about paying tithes of mint and cumin. He said, there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, do that. But your heart is far from me. You are not fully set to do what I ask you to do. So it's not about the things you think are right. Doing right things don't make you righteous. Amen? Amen. Because most of the times, we define what right is. Even if we go to a point where we find that God says, cast out the devil, that's a right thing to do. But if your heart is not with him, in vain do you do these things. Let's go to Matthew 24. We okay so far? See, fully set. Remember we said in the days of Noah, their heart was fully set to do evil. The only evil uh, uh, the thoughts of their mind and their heart were only evil continually. And he said, this is where you are living today, so don't get confused about it. If they give you a sandwich, remember what their motive is. Never forget the motive of somebody not convicted to God. If somebody is, is openly defiant in the word of God, it doesn't matter what they do for you. Are we okay with that? But some of us have decisions to make. Are we going to let the system give us life or are we going to let God give us life? Because it's going to come down to that. You're going to walk in the way of the system or you're going to walk in the way of God. There will be one foot 
one foot, that's not ever going to happen again. It's not really ever been, but we've been deceived that we have been with God, but with them. Verse 20, chapter 24, let's go to verse 38 of Matthew. See, it's not, believe me, doing what's called right things does not make you righteous. Righteous is a whole different ball of wax. See, what they were doing before the flood, let's go to Matthew 24 and read, let's start at verse 38. It says, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking. Is there anything wrong with eating and drinking? No. So that's not the issue. God didn't, didn't kill them, I mean, didn't destroy the earth with a flood because they were eating and drinking. What else were they doing? Marrying and giving in marriage. Was there, is there a sin to marry? So it wasn't that, was it? He said they were doing all these things until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So there was nothing wrong with what they were actually doing as it related to eating and drinking and marrying, but their, they were, their mind was evil continually. So can you eat and drink and marry with an evil heart? Pretty obvious, ain't it? Can you feed the hungry with an evil heart? Can you clothe the naked with an evil heart? What do you think your government is doing? There are how many countless of millions of people being fed by the government? Being fed by government-organized churches. Don't forget that. What are you going to do now? When these things are happening now and, and, and all these great programs that the government has and the churches have, see, the churches are finding out something. They belong to the government. Some of them didn't know that until last week. People say, oh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, really? <laughs> so you're not going to follow federal mandate? Or church, what do you mean? <laughs> They're finding out some things that God shared with us many years ago. So when we have our hand out, who are we, who are we asking to help us? Who has a heart that's only evil continually? What is evil? Let's get that straight. That's the opposite of what God is. So if we're being fed and nourished by the evil one, it doesn't that make us a little uncomfortable? There must be a surrender of heart if, in order to, for us to be fully persuaded in our minds and to be fully set in our in our lives. This setting cannot take place unless we surrender all to it. See, we're about to get down to what's called faith walk. When all earthly support will be cut off, and you thought it was going to be another way. All us, all us veterans have been in this work for more than five years. We under, we've heard this for a long time. Every earthly support will be cut off. We thought it was going to be some kind of miraculous thing that they the, the, the army was going to come down the street and start snatching folks out of the house. Because when we were young, that's what we were taught. Oh, we're so hooked up with them now that all they have to do is hit a button and all earthly support is cut off from you. How many people have a bank account? How long does it take to hit a button? How many people have a job? People in Greece figured that out last time. They said, oh, <laughs> oh, that's how that works. And it's coming to America, and it's coming to you, and we're going to have to make a faith walk. We're going to say, God, we're going to stand here and say, oh, king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Can we say that today? Because we're going to have to not only say it, we're going to have to live it. And God is merciful, God is strong, God is able. But we're going to have to believe and surrender all to him. Because it's not going to make sense. We have been hooked up so long 
that it's going to be a different kind of life. Didn't say it's going to be a bad life, because God is able to give us a good life, isn't he? Amen. I'm going to tell you something. He's a good God. Amen. And now I understand some things in our life now. We're going to have to walk in a way that requires a faith that we have not had to exercise. And you're going to have to stop being afraid. You're going to have to stop saying it doesn't add up. You're going to have to stop and say, Lord, if I do this, Lord, I'll be, I, I, I won't have enough. And you ought to, be, ought to be able to say in your mind, Lord, if I don't do it your way, I'm not going to have enough. If I don't do it your way, Lord, you're going to leave me. You, you said that my iniquities are separating. So if I go at this thing and knowing you don't want me to do it, yes, Lord. how are you going to sleep at night? You can't trust the heart of evil continually, can you? I don't care how many bells and whistles they put on it. If someone has defied the living God and you're eating from their table, please understand what that is. They are not loving you. They're going to cut you off. And unless you are ready for that and your faith is strong enough, you're going to be very uncomfortable. I was listening to a conversation yesterday and said, brother said, that's why everybody is filling these churches of uh, peace and prosperity messages. He's like, nobody want to hear this. God is trying to prepare us to help others. That's all. And it's not doom and gloom. Aren't you happy that Satan can't feed you? See, in Genesis 6, thank you, Lord. In Genesis 6, they had not only evil continually, everything on earth was corrupted. The earth was corrupted. The seed was corrupted. The animals were corrupted. Mankind was corrupted. Amen? Amen. So you think GMO is something new. They were doing that kind of stuff back then. You think that the cloning and all that kind of stuff is something new. They were doing that stuff back He said everything has been corrupted. That's why he destroyed how much? Everything. So this has happened before. And God said, I fixed it then, I'm going to fix it now. But I need a people. He's looking for somebody to get on the boat. You know, the boat that Noah built? Just, just in case y'all think of something else. There was a boat that was built by the instruction of God. When we were talking this morning, to order to be able to hear God, you've got to follow him. You've got to follow his command. Noah was not a boat builder. Noah built a boat. Amen? God says, I need a few people to build the boat, and I want to see who's going to get on the boat. Amen? And that's what, that's, the, you know, that great or song, the great ship of Zion, we're going to have to get on that boat. God's not asking you to build it. He's already assigned some people to build the boat, but you've got to be willing to get on it. And there's no handouts on the boat. But there's no evil continually on that boat either. Amen. And that's what's wonderful about it. We're going to have to start and say, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be led by you. But Lord, I'm afraid. Do you know if you don't confess your sin, you can't be forgiven of it? Go ahead and tell Jesus you're afraid. He knows it. Say, I'm afraid to be out here without this, 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 this entity that's been supporting me. I'm afraid of it. I don't know how to do it, Lord. And he'll pick you up in his arms and say, I know, son and daughter, I'll take care of you. You think he will? Yeah. All you have to do is confess, and he'll take care of it. Don't sit there and say, ah, I'm strong enough. There's nobody you have ever heard of in your natural life that's strong enough for this. Daniel fainted when he saw it. John the Revelator marveled at it. At this day you living in, Daniel got, he was sick certain days because he saw what we're living right now. And we think, oh yes, I, I can handle this. One button will change your world. 
One memo will change your world. Anybody have been fired before? It changed your world, didn't it? If anybody in here got, if everybody got fired next week, it changed your world, wouldn't it? Church be full next week, though. <laughs> Just know this. God, you got a job. But your salvation is not found in the job. Your salvation is found in Jesus. And as long as he wants you on that job, man, stay on that job and represent him. Amen? Yeah. But oh, when that job, you find out it's not your job, it's their job. You're not going to worry because your salvation wasn't the job. It was just a tool that God decided to use to help you and to help those around you. Amen? Amen. So don't, don't, you don't sit there and say, oh, we're going to all be poor and broke and live in a box. No. That won't be effective, but you got to be willing to. And that's what you're afraid of. You're afraid of it. I don't want to struggle. I don't want to suffer. I suffered long enough. You can't spell suffering compared to what some people have been doing. You don't walk five miles for dirty water. You don't. We don't. You don't die of malaria and everybody in your family does because you don't have a mosquito net. We know people that way, that do that. They go through that. So our suffering is a little different. We have first world suffering problems. You know, oh, my check didn't hit the bank. Ah, nah. Man, it went up on the bread. Mm -hmm. Instead of there is no bread. Third world problem is there's no land to grow bread. And you haven't eaten in a week. See, so, you know, let's lighten up on this suffering talk. Amen? But no God is able, and his hand is strong. But he's waiting for us to be fully committed to him because they're fully set in their mind what they're going to do. Are we going to be fully set in our mind what we're going to do? And that comes with a surrendered heart. Romans chapter 2. A surrendered heart. The condition of the heart. Because out of the heart are the issues of life. Said before, out of your heart, as a man thinketh in his heart, what? So is he. So where is the key to all of this? Your heart. Romans chapter two. Let's go to verse twenty-eight, if you would. Romans chapter two, verse twenty-eight. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. So it's not about the things that you're doing that make you righteous. Verse 29 said, but he is a Jew which is one where? Inwardly. And circumcision is that of what? The heart in the spirit and not in the what? Letter. Whose praise is not of man but of God. It's about you being fully set in your heart to serve God and follow the command of God. God is able. See, this is what is beyond us. If we ever be able to step back and look at our foolishness as it truly is, why would not we rely on him? The creator of heaven and earth. Does that cover everything that's bothering you? All your needs are covered under heaven and earth. He created it. Why wouldn't we? And he's handed and said, look, here it is. Please let me give you heaven and earth. No, I want this job. I want this, you know, $11 an hour. I mean, I mean, God must be like, I know the angels are saying, what's wrong with these humans? The creator has come down, transformed himself into one of them, died for them, saved them, and they yet not trust him. Is that us? Trust him. If he could just peel back the veil just for a moment and let us see what's really going on around us. 
and how those who are fully set to do evil are running our lives and controlling and how much trust we put in them. It might, as we talked about this morning, it might scare us back into Jesus. What do you think? If you saw the hideous nature of demonic influence upon human people who love demons and how they sit there and, and conjure up spells to make sure you do exactly what they want you to do. And we're out here just unprotected. If it wasn't for Jesus, we'd be gone. If it were not for grace, where would we be? But now he's calling you out. Not only calling you out of, see, he called you out of these churches. Now he wants you to come out of her, the whole Babylonian system. He wants you to come out of believing in it, first of all. He'll move you where he wants to move you. Don't, don't get out there and do nothing stupid. I'm coming out of her. I'm quitting everything. Ah! He never asked you to do that. Oh, I'm going to go to my family and say, I can't speak to y'all no more because y'all full of evil. See, that's foolishness. All you have to do is say, Lord, I want to be fully set in my heart to follow you. And watch what he does. But don't resist him when he moves you. That's the problem. We were talking about this morning. While God won't reveal his will, it's because what? Our iniquities separate us. Every time he tries to talk to us, you keep saying no. He can't move any faster than you're ready to move. See, everybody want to be uh, locked. To the last moment, we want to hang on to, to our worldliness. We want to hang on to the, the love of the world. And we hope he's going to come pull us out of Sodom. How many people left Sodom? Four left. Three made it. Two did some crazy stuff, and all of them failed. <laughs> Why? They didn't trust God. Are we going to be that? We're going to be holding on to the last minute. Well, okay, Lord, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got that. God said, I need you to leave here and go there. But, but, but Lord, Lord, that's not my comfort zone. You know I don't like it cold. No, because he didn't tell you I'm about to blow this thing up. You really need to move. If God speaks to you, do you think we need to act on it? In the little things, right? Example about this heart attack thing. If God tells you and you get up in the morning, he says, drink a glass of water, please drink a glass of water. Because the Spirit tells you things like that in the little things. See, you woke up with thick blood heart. Guess who knew that? The ones trying to save you. But he, ain't gonna, he, he is not going to come down. You'll be laying in the bed and this glass of water going to come out of heaven. And he's going to open your mouth. And you're going, uh, that's not going to happen. He said, I need you to hear my command. And if we don't learn to listen to him now in these little things, when it's time to move, we're going to doubt and we're going to lose not only our life, we're going to lose our soul. Go to Deuteronomy if you would. And don't think because you did something right today, you are now righteous and you don't have anything to change. They married and gave in marriage, which were a righteous thing, but they were only evil continually. They ate and drank, which is a righteous thing, but they were only evil continually. He says, so stop looking at the outward circumcision and understand that this thing is about a heart work. And guess who does this work? Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. And this is where we struggle a little bit. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. The Lord said, And the Lord thy God will do what? He'll circumcise thine heart. Who's going to do the circumcision of the heart? Are you going to let him? Or are you going to say the knife's too sharp? I don't want to be circumcised, Lord. Is there another way to do this? He said, Lord, the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy what? See, isn't that beautiful? Parents, aren't you all, you all to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not just you. Because y'all are struggling with these kids. They're just as nutty as a fruitcake. Let God handle this. See, we messed them up because we handled it, didn't we? 
Let God handle it. Watch what he does. He said, I'm going to get you and your seed. And let's see what else he said. To love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all that thou mayest do what? Live. He said, the only way you could do that, and I'm going to do it in you if you let me. And I'll do it in your children. Who doesn't want to see their children in heaven? Who doesn't want to see their children saved? Don't you know he can do that? If we decide to let him do the circumcision of our heart? We have made a mess of things. But God says, I'm a mess fixer. I can fix this if you let me. Let him do it. It's going to be beautiful too. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to all of us being fixed. Because he, you know what? He promised our parents this. That's why you're in here today. (laughs) He's not lying. He can't go back on his word. He promised Abraham. He said, look, man, your seed forever I'll be with. And we forgot about that. In Adventism, we forgot about that. God said, your seed forever, Abraham. Oh, they done away with him. Jews, they gone. Mm -hmm. You can keep thinking that you want to. Just because they are terrible people, God's not going back on his word. Oh, I just use something I'm going to get arrested for now. What about us? Just because we're terrible people. He made a promise, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So let's let him fix us for the benefit of our people, our family, our friends, those we haven't met yet. If we would let him circumcise our heart, we might be able to do something for somebody with a righteous heart, right? And that righteous heart will stick and it'll help other people have a righteous heart as well. Children everywhere. Some of us got grand, some of y'all got grandchildren. <laughs> I don't want to start no rumors. Um. <laughs> Do you want them saved? Yes, Do you know they're not equipped to handle what's about to come? Do you know you're, you're, some of our people are instrumental in developing what's about to come? Can God save them? Yes. He needs you. That's why he said, I need you to surrender all. Because I need to work through you. Some of your children are in Washington. Some of your children are in the state capitol. Some of y'all are in wicked Atlanta, Georgia. They need to be saved. And he's trying to use you to do it. Will we surrender all? Go to Colossians, if you would. Chapter 3. And we'll end. No, we won't. Colossians 3, we're, tr- we're trying to get you out of here because I know you're waiting on fellowship dinner. Okay. Colossians chapter 3. It's the heart. Will we give him our heart? Amen. God made a promise in Colossians 3. Let's go to verse 10. We begin. Colossians 3.10 says that I have put on the new man. He didn't say a refurbished man. He didn't say a used man. What did he say? A new man. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him (laughs) that created him. So we don't look like the old man anymore. We don't even act like old men anymore. We act like the man who what? Who created us. Let's keep reading. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, (laughs) circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but who? But Christ is all and in all. This is where we're going. This is the new man. You won't look like yourself anymore. Why? Because you look like the man who saved you. Verse 12 says, put on therefore as the what? (laughs) Elect of God. Let that sink in for a second. The elect of God. Who elected you? Your hands ought to be up. See, the light came on just for that. (laughs) You, when you give him your heart to circumcise, when you become the new man, you become the elect of God. See, you'd be happy if the people elected you mayor. Now you're elected of God. Let's keep reading. He said, as the elect of God. Now, Now, I want you to understand something. Herein lies the new man, a description of the new man. This new God who is holy and beloved, amen? He said what? Bowels of mercies. That's 
comes from the new man. See, you're not the old man who, who hold grudges. You look for mercy. You look for opportunities for mercy. You go seek out somebody. Man, that person did me wrong. I want to forgive them. Okay, that's maybe a little, little too much. <laughs> but you're looking for mercy. You're looking for an opportunity. Man, that man needs some help. Let me help him. That woman needs some help. Let me help her. Because mercy was shown to me. And the new man says, I'm going to help them. Because do you realize the mercy has been shown to you Amen. by the living God? Amen. Bowels of mercies. What else? Kindness. Kindness. Oh, there's no more fretting any longer over personalities. I'm going to be kind to that person because they were kind to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got to take that another step, don't you? Mm -hmm. God let it rain on the just and the unjust. Yeah. You better let your mercies rain on the just and the unjust. Yeah. Because why? That's what the new man has done. That's what Jesus did, and you resemble him, don't you? So what are you going to be doing? You're going to be kind. Humbleness of mind, you arrogant, no-count folk. Me chief. Humbleness of mind. You mean some, I might not know everything? Oh, these people are so stupid. If that comes out of your mouth, you are the stupidest person in the room. Why? You hadn't put on a new man. What else we got? Long, I'm sorry, did I miss something? Meekness. Oh, forget that. But this is the new man. This is the circumcised heart. Meekness. Not weakness. Meekness. We have characteristics that seem to be bold. You know, some people are just, just loud and boisterous. I'm glad you're not one, okay. God said, hold on now. I need you to be meek and is not weak. I need you to be understanding and patient. I need you, why? Because I am. He said, if you look like me, this is what you're going to look like. When you find yourself loud, boisterous, and, 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 and uh, what do you call it? You know how folks just run over you? You ever had somebody come in the room just try to take over and run over everybody? Not a new man or a new woman. I'm not just putting it on the guys. But God says, when you start looking like me and you become my elect, you'll be meek. Jesus could have walked in and took over the room. He took over the room because he was so meek. He walked in and everybody went, whoa. Why? He was a new man. The spirit of the living God was on him. If you want attention, get Jesus on you and see what happens. You're going to have some attention you don't want when you're standing before the judge. Let's keep, we're looking at this new man. We ready? Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Long-suffering. What's Luke 21, 19 teach us? In your patience possess ye what? Long-suffering, meaning that, hey, they did it wrong again. It's all right. Let's start over again. Because I want you to understand, and want me to understand, and God wants us all to understand, that the character of Christ is what he's looking for in us. When we stop being long-suffering, figure out how long God is suffering with us. Ask him to remind you every time we don't want to be kind, how kind he is to us. Every time we're trying to, you know, fix something, you know how we make adjustments when somebody does something to us? We're going to make an adjustment to make sure they know that they did something wrong. And you, I'm the one to tell them. <laughs> I want you to ask God, did he do that? We got a lot of that. Jay, we got a lot of people like that in here. I need to tell you about yourself. <laughs> because you did me wrong. Okay? Just think about Jesus when you say that. Find in the scriptures where he did that. Let's keep reading. Forbearing one another. You mean not just the people who aren't too heavy? It's easy to help people who ain't got a lot of issues. He said forbearing one another. And forgiving one another. I, I can't plead with you enough. Let it go. See, some of us don't, some people think we have. And that's what's so interesting as, as a pastor, 
you see that you see that you see the demon just sitting right there laughing as it comes out of their mouth. Oh, I've forgiven everybody. And their face is all <coughs> twisted up because they're so full of wickedness that they don't, they don't know what happened. I don't know why I had this stroke. But I've forgiven everybody. Ask the Lord to bring it to you, to bring it all up so you can let it go. Because we've forgiven the surface. Because we, we forgive as we understand to forgive. We just don't know how deep that thing is and we don't understand to really forgive. Forgiving is letting it go for real. Don't bring it up in a conversation ever again. Don't blame somebody else's thing on your current circumstance. You are where you are because of what you did. You didn't forgive. Because there's been some horrible things that happened in our lives, hasn't it? It was a horrible thing happened to Jesus, too. And the last thing almost out of his mouth was, forgive them, Father. For they know not what they do. Stephen had this kind of same expedite. When they were beating him in the head with a rock, what did he say? Lord, don't hold this sin to their charge. You see what the new man looks like? So when we're going to bring all this stuff up from 1912, well, you know, they just that's why I'm crazy now. My mama was crazy. Man. Well, I didn't have a father. My father ran out on me. My, I just, move on. Forgive him. He didn't know what he was doing. Forgive her. She didn't know what she was doing. And you got to say that and mean it and live it and fix it. Don't pass it on. I often talk to people who have been divorced and, and um, the children are the one who suffer because there's oftentimes both sides are talking against the other side and they don't understand that destroys the child. The child has nothing to believe in anymore. He becomes, the child learns to manipulate. Okay, I need this, I'm gonna go over here. I need this, I'm gonna go over here. Isn't that terrible? And most people who, if they would have thought about that, they would have been together. But some people say, well, well, I got divorced, so I, I'm just like, my, my, my parents were divorced, so I don't know. Man, you're 30. <laughs> Bro, you can't use that no more. And that's what we all have to come to grips with. We all have issues in our past and our life, but it's time to get our heart fully set on the Lord. And we got to leave all that stuff alone. Because we all have good excuses, don't we? And they, I mean, if in the world there would be legitimate reasons why we are anti-Christ right now. But God says, I, don't, I, I died for all of those people who did those things to you. And so I need you to let them go, new man. He said, I need you to forgive. Because I can't understand. He really made a point of that. He said, if you don't forgive them, I can't forgive you. This is part of the new man. Let's keep reading, because I know that was a hard one. Let's keep moving. Let's find a good one. Uh, forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against it, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, do what? Put on charity, which is the bond of what? Perfecting. That love. See, we finally got something y'all can be excited about. Put on love. Put on Jesus. That love. See, when he said, I will circumcise your heart, that's what he was talking about. See, we're, we're sitting in our seats right now struggling with the fact that these things have to be done in our character when we forgot it ain't us doing them. So relax. Rejoice. Say, thank you, Lord. You're about to do this in me. You must be a powerful God. He said, put on that bond. Perfectness. And let the peace of God do what? Rule where? We back to that heart again. In your heart. To the which also ye are called in one body. And do this for it. Be ye thankful. Do you see what you're about to become? This description is going to be you because God promised it to you. Amen. This new man is you. you don't have, all you have to do is follow the instruction. That's all you have to do. He said, you can't do it. You still hate that person. 
He said, oh, but watch me do something in you. And guess what? You all are going to have the greatest testimonies on earth because you knew where you were before you became the new man. All right, we're going we're gonna to ship in some excited people. I want y'all to call people and tell them to come to church, and it, only if they're excited, because God has just told you you're going to heaven. And we all missed that one. Go to 1 John. Let's keep going. 1 John chapter 1, 2, I'm sorry. I thought I was going to run out. 1 John chapter 2. Here's some hope for us today. This is why we can hope in him. This is why we can move with him. This is why we can trust him. This is why we know we're going to become this new man if we just follow his command. In 1 John chapter 2, let's begin at verse 1. It says, my little children, these things write I unto you. Now, don't, isn't that nice for somebody to call you my little children? Mildred, wouldn't you love somebody to do that? You know how, because what that means is, my little, come here. Come here, baby, my little child. Don't you, I mean, I know we don't remember being rocked, but we remember sitting on a lap, and God, the creator, said, my little children, these things I write unto you, for what reason? That you sin not. He said, I, I didn't fuss at you this morning. I just gave you this, so you're what? You won't sin, because I don't want you being lost. I don't want you to have to go through this without knowing who I am, because you're going to go through it either way, and I want you to know you're going through it, and I'm with you. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for what? So if we're going to have this new man, we got to accept that. God died for them murdering folks, yes. God died for that person who did me wrong, yes. And you being the new man and a representative, an elective God, you're going to go and say, he died for you too. And I'm here to help you. Do you know if you did that, that might change a soul? Yes. They know they did you wrong. And you come bebopping in there with the spirit of God on you and you say, oh, I, whew, God, for, I mean, God died for you, man. I'm way past what you did. Let me do something for you. Can you imagine what that would do? It would at least confuse them for a little while. <laughs> now let's keep reading. Verse 3 says, And hereby we do know that we know him. If we what? Amen. That is the only know we, way we know him. That we know we know him. It's the only way the world will know we know him. Because knowing is more than a word. Knowing is a life. I know him because I follow him. And the only way to learn him is to follow him. That's how you know him. Amen? Amen. The only way you know algebra is if you do algebra. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Only way you know how to cook is if you what? And a whole bunch of other examples. That's how you know him, because you're doing it. Amen? Let's end up in Hebrews, if you would. Hebrews chapter 10. We'll get out of here. Hebrews 10. We all right? No. So we got to know this stuff. He said, look, they're fully set in their heart to do evil. I need you to be fully set in your heart to do righteous. He said, I need you to come out from among her. Be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing. He said, because what they're passing out is unclean, because they come from a source of continual evil thinking. Amen. Then he said, but I am able to support you in all things. I died for you to make sure that you won't have to worry about these things. And now he's saying, but the thing I need you to do is let me circumcise your heart. Yes. Amen? Amen? Let's keep reading. We're in, we're going to, we're Hebrews 10, we'll start at verse 20. God said, by a new and living way. That's your life now. Because we've been having an old and dead way. But God said, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. He said, let us do what? Draw near with a what? A true heart. 
Amen? In full assurance of faith. He said, I need you to enjoy this in your heart. He said, it's, it's, with a true heart, full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that's promised. Therefore, when we become the new man, we will be faithful. We will hold on without wavering, won't we? See, we profess a lot of things. God says, you're going to confess and not, and not waver, no matter what they come at you. No matter what, in the school system, they tell you, don't say that. At your job, they're saying, don't teach that. What are you going to do? What did Daniel do? They passed the law and said, no man can pray. What did Daniel do? Daniel opened his window. <laughs> See, this is what, this is what God's people, hey, let me open, make sure y'all see this. He said, I've been doing this all the time. He said, I'm not hiding from you. I'm praying to God because I have belief and faith in him. I'm not going to waver because I trust him. He is my assurance. And what happened to Daniel? Oh, they throw him in the lion's den, didn't they? See, we don't want the lion's den experience. We just want to have the credit to, I, I prayed for everybody, Lord. Lord said, good. Now you're going to lie then. Oh, hold on now. <laughs> oh, but that next morning, what happened? King went down there. The one who threw him in the lion's den, because it was, their hearts were only evil continually, he, he didn't think about what he was doing to Daniel until it came to him, and he said, oh, man, not Daniel. Because all the men around the king were only evil continually. And the king wasn't up on his spiritual lessons. He got caught and the old people, you said, he got caught in a trick bag. And then what happened? He prayed all night. He fasted all night. And the king, who was in charge of the execution, came to the den early in the morning and said, oh, oh Daniel, is your God that you serve continually able to save you? Daniel did first words when I cuss you out for putting me in here. He said, oh, king, live forever. <laughs> he said, because that's the new man. He said, hey, he said, because the word says honor those in charge. He said, oh, king, live forever. Uh, let me talk to you about my God. And guess what the king did? King said, oh, okay, he is God. That's all God's waiting on now. It's some more Daniels. He's waiting some more Esthers. He's just waiting for a few people to say, I'm going to be fully persuaded in my mind that I'm not going to waver. I have the assurance of faith for my Lord Jesus Christ because he changed my heart. He circumcised my heart. He gave me the will to save my soul. Do we agree he did that? Are we going to help in saving other people's souls? Are we going to be a battle axe and weapons of war? See, some of us are built for war. Some of us are built for peace. Well, sorry. You're going to have a little war. Some of us are going to be on the front line, aren't we? Some of us are going to be foot soldiers. Some of us are going to be generals. But we're all going to be in the war. And we've got to be ready for the war, but we've got to be fully set in our minds that we're not going to waver from a thus saith the Lord. And until you walk with him day by day, you won't know what he's saying. You think he's going to give us some instructions? Do you know his voice? How do you learn his voice? You follow him. When he speaks to you and tells you to take your shoes from off your feet because of the place you stand is holy ground, what do you do? You take your shoes off. When he tells you to drink water in the morning, what are you going to do? Oh, when he tells you to be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, what are you going to do? Oh, then you'll, start, then you'll start recognizing his voice. Then you'll start walking in the way, and then you'll start saying, yeah, that's you, Father. What else are we going to do today? Then you'll sit down and say, what a privilege 
the Creator is talking to me. That he, he, he made me one of His elect. Oh, and then nothing else matters. Nobody else's opinion. It doesn't matter if we live in, in a box. I'm an elect of God. It doesn't matter if I have a mansion. I'm an elect of God. And we'll start acting like that new man. We'll start resembling the character of Christ. We'll start reflecting that character and others may see Jesus in us. And isn't that why we're here today? So someone may see Jesus. Let your light so shine that all men may see. Let's pray. Thank you.